chapters one and two of the measure of a man a tale of the big woods this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by david wales the measure of a man a tale of the big woods by norman duncan chapter one the stranger at swamp's end that a dog-fight a growling squabble in the early summer dust and sunshine should upset the lumberwood settlement of swamp's end and divert her most eminent citizens from their accustomed employments was in itself almost sign manifest of the awakening interest of providence in that benighted but fervently joyous community when it is explained that the dog-fight occurred simultaneously with the appearance of john fairmeadow in the clearing and after proper reflection upon the remarkable coincidence it will be obvious that nothing more need be said the absence of an instant and grateful perception of the impending beneficence however on the part of swamp's end is to be condoned providence had never before interfered at swamp's end nor had swamp's end now deputed any person or persons whomsoever to invite the intervention of providence or of any other supercilious easterner including john fairmeadow in her domestic concerns the domestic concerns of swamp's end of course were cherished at swamp's end as inviolate and swamp's end was not at all conscious of any need of providential assistance in the management of them you see gingerbread jenkins has since been heard to apologize the boys wasn't quite used to providence there is a generous concurrence somehow too plain tom hitch drawls an explanation providence didn't seem to be very well acquainted with the boys in those days swamp's end was on scantest and i fear most suspicious terms of acquaintance with providence swamp's end regarded providence in the light of a sinister stranger of vastly mysterious and engaging personality perhaps of some noteworthy fame to be sure and certainly of accomplishments not to be despised by any cautious individual with whom however it would be quite as well to have nothing to do in any intimate way until the sensational rumours affecting the visitor's reputation as a gentleman of those qualities held in highest admiration at swamp's end should have been rigidly investigated moreover the dog-fight was of such an extraordinary aspect a contention so singular and so indecent in issue that swamp's end was far too happily engrossed in the progress of the affair to discover the hand of providence in its inception swamp's end was inclined towards excitement of that mild description and was used to indulging of course in entertainment at once much more reprehensible and engaging and swamp's end is not fairly to be condemned for preferring its accustomed diversions above fasting and prayer of which believe me it knew nothing at all as a community and had never been told according to old john rowl the scaler from kettle camp of the cant-hook cutting who had sardonically cherished the rise of swamp's end from its obscure beginnings with one shanty saloon to the flourishing prosperity of its thirty-two 
according to old john rowell gingerbread jenkins the bottle river swamper subsequently remarked in pale peter's bar god moves in a mysterious way his wonders to preform and the sentiment was promptly adopted as a succinct expression of the general feeling in respect to the occurrences of the day and the amazing situation which the advent of john fairmeadow had precipitated upon the startled community the agitated bar agreed it is reported and with the only recorded unanimity that's reason charlie the infidel declared gingerbread jenkins it seemed had dropped a pearl of wisdom from the casket of his memory and gingerbread jenkins elated by the impression his philosophical quotation had achieved upon the popular bewilderment would have cast other pearls of the sort with a free glad hand in expectation of increasing the enlightenment had not plain tom hitch been distracted from his liquor by an illuminating idea there's a lot of common sense said plain tom hitch in them old school books you take a man's mother billy the beast began and her teachin give me a match gingerbread jenkins was about to give tongue once more when charlie the infidel pale peter's bartender interrupted with a suggestion which in the gravest parliamentary fashion was at swamp's end always and sacredly in order what do you have boys said he the drinks is on the house plain tom hitch stroked his beard in a muse of anxious deliberation and gently whispered a little liquor charlie for me the echo ran down the frowsy line little liquor for mine the same charlie for me mine's a little liquor they had the liquor man and boy in hearty drams and in this convivial way the arrival of providence at swamp's end was accepted and celebrated according to the customs thereafter almighty god was a familiar inhabitant of swamp's end and of the logging camps of all his great surrounding woods and might fairly have been enumerated in the census it is to be noted however that john fairmeadow introduced and vouched for him as shall presently be told to the amazement of swamp's end the stranger behaved himself with perfect propriety even according to the somewhat difficult standards of the place swamp's end was proud of him he turned out to be genial kindly wise fair-minded chivalrous quite a manly chap a worthy acceptable winning fellow truly swamp's end occasionally disagreed with him of course that was inevitable both swamp's end and the stranger had positive convictions but swamp's end was very fond of him nevertheless chapter two an engagement with god swamp's end gave no impression of having taken permanent possession of the clearing in which it was situated in suggestion it was rather a lumber woods settlement which had not quite made up its mind about settling being for the moment too much preoccupied with a bottle it seemed on second thought merely to have squatted in a mud puddle in the midst of the woods to rest its inebriated legs the thirty-two shanty saloons of the high street had certainly locked arms and gone into a drunken stupor in the cosy shelter of the pines they leaned one against the other in singular and helpless dependence necks limp bodies lax and awry hats cocked or gone and they were quite unashamed of their scandalous condition 
because perhaps they were in the fashion and conducted themselves precisely as everybody expected them to behave and after the approved model of those woods a push of course a vigorous push by john fairmeadow might have sent them sprawling and fairmeadow was even then on the trail from elegant corners to big rapids momentarily approaching but pale peter's place the ramshackle hotel on the corner might not have yielded so easily it achieved an impression of sleepy sobriety and it was at least steady on its legs what other habitations there were a lesser crew compounded of logs turf pine-board and tar-paper with a helpful addition of packing-boxes squatted near in various attitudes of inebriety now lying all beggared and listless in a glowing summer haze and pause no matter however the whole the company of makeshift dwellings no less than the folk who went in and out was peregrinating west by north on the heels of the slow-moving lumber camps and what broken bodies and souls might be left with the refuse of the sojourn in the balsamic clearing concerned nobody the aspiring homesteaders would presently raise a city in that place and give it a new name it was an eventful day at swamp's end the still and mellow sunday of john fairmeadow's first professional appearance the dog-fight served importantly to gather the crowd of course and to enlist the hurrying fairmeadow's attention but the dog-fight was not all in the early hours of the morning a warm flushed dawn a tote wagon drawn by two stolid black beasts and gravely driven by plain tom hitch had arrived from the bottle river camps bearing the mortal remains of grey billy batch who had departed this life much to the annoyance of the foreman of the drive and doubtless to his own surprise and alarm in the rattle-water rapids below big bend of bottle river he had been a scurrilous dog when the breath of life was in him a sour and unloved wastrel of his days morose unkempt ill-mouthed in a rage with all the world save one young heart and least kind of all to the body they presently fished from the swirl and foam of the eddy below rattle water and to the misled soul that had sped to the solution of its own mystery it is to be regretted that a division of the bottle river drive employed in the neighbourhood and thus fortunately vantaged to observe the departure of grey billy batch experienced a flush of rejoicing at the moment of inevitable farewell when however the dripping corpse lay on the bank the feet still in the wash of the water the grey face in the shadow of the birches the bottle river drive stood voiceless and quiet in this presence and perhaps old terrors awoke and the strings of memory were touched and the depths gave tongue at any rate in the more charitable mood of that soft afternoon it was informally resolved and without grey billy batch's consent or interest in the extraordinary proceeding that the only surviving relative of the deceased should forthwith be apprised of the lamentable fatality and assured of the deep sense of personal loss under which his associates of the bottle river camps drooped disconsolate the surveying relative was patience grey billy batch's daughter a sweet brown mite with a child's curious outlook upon the world of swamp's end though now fast and shyly approaching her eighteenth year 
it was saturday evening at sunset with the breeze fallen away to an odorous breath of air when gingerbread jenkins sufficiently fortified but still agitated and heavy with his errand came upon her waiting in the dooryard of the shack a listless log dwelling in which gray billy batch had knocked together at the edge of the clearing in which swamp's end squatted patty my dear said he with a soothing hand on the girl's shoulder your pop won't be comin home to-night the girl looked up in quick alarm you see gingerbread added he's delayed that's funny patty replied he most always comes home from the bottle river on saturday night i-i been waitin gingerbread jenkins sighed not to-night said he you see he's uh, hindered i-i been waitin pretty little patty batch complained he's hindered gingerbread blankly repeated is he comin to-morrow well yes gingerbread admitted more heartily you see he'll be fetched what say he'll come home all right gingerbread repeated fetched in a sort of a way is he drunk drunk oh my no gingerbread jenkins protested he ain't drunk my dear is he near drunk gingerbread jenkins hard put to it for words wherewithal in the presence of a lady ejaculated good gracious no that's funny said patty batch where's he gettin drunk he ain't gettin drunk nowheres not gettin drunk patty batch exclaimed that's funny you see gingerbread gently exclaimed your pop won't be drunk no more is he is he dead gingerbread jenkins was flustered by this abrupt question it bewildered him too to learn all in a flash of revelation that gray billy batch had been loved and would be mourned oh well now he replied hurriedly i wouldn't go so far as to say that i'd say he explained lamely that he was that he was engaged who's his business with gingerbread jenkins bleared eyes were all at once flushed your pop's business my dear he answered softly driven to the disclosure at last is with god pop's dead the girl gasped gingerbread eyes overflowed off came his old cloth cap he nodded pop's dead said he pop's dead patty repeated her gray eyes round with wonder which no pain had yet disturbed pop's dead she brooded upon this new thing and presently with a start her hands fallen upon her agitated bosom she turned to the shack wherein through the open door she seemed to discover her loneliness but not yet to be troubled by it she looked then without concern to the high darkening sky and to the flaring sunset clouds above the black pines whence her wistful glance fell to the besotted settlement huddled in the gathering shadows beyond the confines of her familiar place he's dead she whispered pop's dead hush gingerbread jenkins besought her don't cry she was not crying she looked up to him with the light of interest lively in her gray eyes for which perhaps the monotony of her days is to be blamed when's the funeral she inquired eh gingerbread jenkins ejaculated when's what when's the funeral whose why pops oh said gingerbread enlightened but not advised and now taken aback 
i see goin to be a funeral isn't there ah uh, isn't there goin to be no funeral well you see said gingerbread he'll be buried that's all well gingerbread admitted i haven't heard nobody say nothing about no funereal no funeral patty wailed no funeral tall gingerbread deliberated the matter of obsequies had not been included in his instructions but something had to be done to correct this flow of tears didn't hear nobody say nothing much about no funereal he hedged patty whimpered but i'm told gingerbread ventured that the boys had a little game like that in mind patty began to cry outright you see gingerbread hastily proceeded there was a deal of talk about consultin the only surviving relation about the procession the girl looked up with a wet and glistening smile and there'll be a funereal gingerbread jenkins declared flushed with tender determination or there'll be hell to pay on bottle river and when the uplifted gingerbread jenkins went away resolved upon his own concerns to agitate a spectacle in fact worthy of easing poor patty batch's grief patty batch did not go into the cabin she did not so much as look in that ghostly direction she turned her back with a frightened little shudder and strayed off to the twilight woods she did not go far at all she dared not it was darkening fast and she was afraid as she had never before known fear but she found at the edge of the clearing a companionable patch of wild flowers come to their shy and fragrant blooming in the sunny weather of that day and she plucked them while the soft light lasted and adorned herself according to her nature god's jewels flung broadcast in love upon the earth inspiring no avarice now peeping from her cloud of dark hair and clasped around her slender wrists and wreathing her shoulders an acceptable garland it was a pleasant thing to do she was distracted by the delights of her fairy occupation and by her thronging fancies as she had always been on the edge of the woods at twilight all the while she sang very softly some sad expression of her mood in the way she had and no brooding cadence of the wild-throated woods no amorous serenade of the dusk no nesting twitter was sweeter none more spontaneously swelling than her clear melancholy notes it was night she must go back to her known place i got to be a man thought she it was what billy gray batch used to tell her scurrilous billy batch who loved nothing in the world beside her you got to be a little man he used to say and patty had altogether mastered the teaching i got to be a little man she determined again like pop used to say so she gave her fears to the shadows of night in a long sigh and set out with a resolute shake of her little head which showered the flowers from her hair and with a step that was not afraid but she was not to be alone in the cabin after all it seemed she came there into the disquieting company of her future i suppose i got to do something she mused much troubled it was not clear what that should be can't stay here all alone no more she determined i just simply can't by and by she busied herself upon a black gown which had been her mother's long ago and she ripped and she basted and she tucked and she sewed 
singing a little like a child who cannot comprehend a swiftly encompassing sorrow and sighing a little too and now and again overcome by a vision of her desolate state whereupon she cried bitterly it was dawn flushing mild and rosy over all the redolent dewy lively world before her nimble little fingers rested and she sighed then and having recited her prayers lay down to sleep in poignant grief and sobbed herself far away from all her trouble poor little patty batch lying now forsaken in grey billy batch's cabin at the edge of the big black woods unknowing little soul sweet and trustful cast now by death into the vast confusion of life but patty batch was going to be a little man yes sir by ginger patty batch was going to be a little man in every fortune End of chapter two